0: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants, and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com.
1: 706 on CJAD800, welcome to today's Entrepreneur, presented by Fuller Landau, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller. Hello, Josh. Hello. And uh, we welcome in studio, we're going to talk fashion this evening, uh, appropriate, because uh, well, our audience is probably mainly women tonight, and Robert Stroll of uh, the Lime Boutique is uh, in studio with us. Hey, Robert.
2: Hey, hi, Dan. Hi, everybody.
1: Now, uh, first question is the easiest one. Tell us about yourself and about uh, Lime Boutiques. There are three of them, uh, I believe, right now in the Quebec area.
2: That's right. We're three uh, Lime clothing stores, Uh, very fashion clothing. Uh, We target uh, mainly uh, women from 15 to 35 years old. Uh, we bring in new stuff every week, and we manufacture about a third of our goods right here in Montreal. And what's fun is we put little Canadian flags on the labels inside the garments, so you can see uh, very easily what's made here.
3: Not just for the Habs, because they're going to win tonight, but because it's made in Canada. That's
2: right. GHG.
3: GHG, go Habs, go. Now, wh- how long has Lime Stores uh, been around?
2: Lime Stores, the first store opened about six years ago, uh, downtown in Le Corne Montreal in the metro level. Uh, so we get a lot of nice uh, metro traffic walking by. We're right next to American Apparel, um, and that's good because we have a, a very affordable price point. So we need a lot of traffic to come to the stores and uh, and sell a lot of volume.
3: Now, why retail? Why did you get into retail? Um, you know, it's a tough business. And six years ago, just around the time where you know some financial crisis hit, uh, you're opening up retail stores. So why go into this business?
2: Well, we don't get a gold star for timing. That's for <laughs> sure. Um, my family is uh wholesalers. They manufacture uh, all their goods right here in Montreal and they sell to retailers in Quebec and into the the United States. And it was sort of a natural progression in and, and an area where I saw a lot of growth in retail. Uh so we opened the first store and we from right from the start we we set it up that it would be scalable. So we picked our sort of our, our structure of the stores, our inventory system, our point of sale system, everything that would be scalable. So should we hit it big, we can we can really get into a, a speedy growth plan.
3: Was there, you saw a lot more opportunity with retail in store than the manufacturing side in Canada?
2: My family's really good at what they do. Uh, as far as domestic manufacturing, it's tough. Um, Retail is a bit of an extension from them. Uh, we work really closely. is a big synergy between the retail and the wholesale side. Uh, they're talking to a lot of the customers, their customers, which is my competition, and I'm getting information from all my wholesalers, so so between the two, the retail and the wholesale, we're getting information from from all sides of the industry, and it's really been a big advantage for us.
3: Uh, I'm sure. I mean, certainly the history and the family uh, works really well. Online store, we're talking with Robert Stroll of Lime Fashions, and we also have a question on our Facebook page, Dan, uh, at... Uh, www.facebook.com slash fullerlandow mtl and the question tonight is shopping online versus in store which do you prefer and why so a little later on the show we'll get to some of the answers uh, you know and certainly get robert's perspective on you know why he has or hasn't gone online yet but let's come back and focus on the store themselves why the location of a retail store is absolutely huge Why that particular location and and was it difficult to find? Did you look at several locations before you got there?
2: It took us a long time to pick our first location because like you said, location is important and the other really, really important aspect of of the store is the rent you're paying. Uh, It doesn't come up in day-to-day operations, but at the end of the day, it's one of your biggest expenses. So we had to find a combination of a mall with a lot of traffic um, and, and a rent that we can afford. Also, when you're starting retail, not all the malls are willing to talk to you, so we found a willing partner in, uh, in Le Coeur Montréal who, uh, who took us in and they've been very supportive with us and we've been very happy there.
3: So you're saying landlords and real estate developers and owners aren't always so easy to deal with. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and the smirk on his face that nobody can see. Have you ever signed a lease before coming into this business? Uh,
2: not a retail lease. Um,
3: so what did, what did you learn? I mean, you went through that process, I'm sure as you wanted to get the best deal for yourself and not get, I guess, screwed by the landlord. What are maybe some of the tips or things that you learned while you were going through there?
2: Yeah. Well, like anything else, it's good to get advice on on, in any area where you don't have experience. So we worked with a broker that specializes in retail, uh, leasing, uh, and really it's like any other broker or real estate agent you would work with. So they have your, your interest in mind when you when you go to sign the lease. And from my experience, different landlords have really different leases. Some are simple one or two page documents and, and some are, are 60 page books with, with small little writing and uh, a lot to pay attention to. And this
3: first lease, was it a book or just a couple of pages?
2: This one was, was a little complicated. It took us a while to go back and forth, but at the end of the day, I think both the landlord and us, we're, we're happy with the agreement.
1: And uh, how did you go about choosing the location? You mentioned you used a, a broker, but uh, what, what kind of qualities were you looking for in a location?
2: Um, well, we were looking for a lot of foot traffic, which they had. We were looking for a mall with uh, similar retail retailers, because I, th- I think when you have a hub of, of similar, similar people, it's not just competition, but it, bring, it brings your customer to the mall, especially when, when we don't have a presence yet. It was nice to have American apparel and Olivia and a few other retailers down down there with us
3: now when you're you're thinking did you know you wanted to be downtown period, regardless of the building yet? was that your first strike as be downtown Montreal?
2: It didn't have to be downtown um a lot of retailers in Quebec, I don't think start downtown or even have any Montreal stores. It's really really competition heavy. All the big u s chains that are coming to Canada, start in downtown centers like Montreal. Um, For example, our Three Rivers store doesn't have any competition from H&M, from Zara, from Forever 21, from Simon's even. So downtown happened to work out, and and really it's been an amazing store for us.
3: Now let's talk about the other locations. You opened up first downtown soon after. When was the the next store that you opened? How long did it take before or after you opened up the downtown location?
2: The next store was pretty much in the works right away, or by the time we opened the first store. Sort of a, after we set up the first store, it was like the build-out phase. We were already working on the second store in Place Versailles, in the East End. That we opened about six months later. And that's a, a bit of a different clientele. Uh, it's nice being a small store like us. We could cater to each area And, you know, their quirks a little bit differently. Um, It's a bigger store for us. We can spread out a little bit more. Um, It makes sense because downtown, real estate prices are are more.
3: Square feet. Square feet is expensive.
2: That's that's absolutely it. So it's a bigger store. We can spread out. We have more goods to choose from. And uh, a little bit different layout, more table space, different merchandising.
3: Now, you talked about kind of the competition around you, downtown versus other locations. When you're looking at Place Versailles uh, or in Trois-Rivières that, you, that you're also going to uh, to talk about, how important is are the really the stores around you?
2: I think the stores around you are, are very important. Uh, there's a lot of changes going on in the East End. Uh, Anjou, Gallery Anjou is right there. Um, they have an H&M, they have a Simon's. Uh, So we find that there's a shift going on Um, in Three Rivers, definitely we are able to sell some products that maybe you can't sell downtown because you don't have all these big U.S. chains with their with their price cutting um, strategies. Uh, But we are pretty good at, at at. selling affordable clothing, differentiated and really fashionable. So we we put our stuff up against any of the competition.
3: Merchandising, it's a really big aspect to your business. And when we come back from the break, we'll talk a little bit about
1: where you find your styles, how you find your styles, and uh, how do you really know what's going to sell? And you can head over to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash MTL, and answer our question. We're talking about online versus in-store shopping. Uh, Which do you prefer and why? And uh, we'll get to some of your answers after the break.
0: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants, and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com.
1: 721, inspiring stories from outstanding business people. Dan Delmar along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller for today's Entrepreneur. And this evening our guest is uh, Robert Stroll of the Lime Boutiques. There's three of them in the Montreal area, uh, fashion boutiques. And uh, we were talking a bit about uh, finding a location, Josh. And uh, we're also going to tackle the question of shopping in-store versus online, which is our poll question on the Fuller Landau Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash MTL. Uh, Andrian says, I agree, it's very convenient to shop online, plus you don't have to deal with the crowds. But personally, I still prefer to shop in-store because I want to uh, see, feel, try on the items. Uh, Lisa says, I agree, depends on the item. Love shopping uh, online for the convenience, uh, but I can check um, uh, multiple stores and and pricing reviews online. Uh, But for some things, uh, Lisa goes on to say that uh, it's better to sort of touch and feel it. Uh, in person,
3: And I think, I think we'll find that most people will, will say, you know, it's so much easier to see what's out there in one-stop shop online, but when you actually want to go buy it and try it on, I mean, listen, we all know that body shapes are, are different everywhere and not everybody has the same uh, style and curves, uh, so actually going and, and seeing it are, are exactly that. So, Robert, I kind of turn to you and, and say when you're, when you're out merchandising, when you're out looking for the next best fashion wear, uh, what do you do? Where do you go? Well, your
2: supply base is is extremely important to, to your to business, fashion business. And we're bringing in goods, a lot of new goods every week. So just in the amount of goods that we're bringing in, and, and the limited quantities of them, it'd be hard just to put them on online, you really need to be coming to the store every week to see the new goodies we're getting.
3: Uh, because if, you, if you're not there, they, they could be gone. Do you purposely hold product back and try to bring something new out? every week or every other week? Oh, we don't have to hold
2: back. We have shipments coming uh, fra- from New York and from L.A. and our own manufacturing from here. Last week, we the stores got about 90 to 100 pieces, not pieces, different styles. Uh, this week, they got another 75 different styles. So we're, we're a high-volume business. We're bringing in really fashionable items, um, and, and we really try, try and pick the it items uh, so... Even if we're, I mean, I, f- I feel like we're we're earlier on trend because we're small. We could get the eight items. We don't have to commit months in advance like some of the big competition does. So we can go out, we can find out what, what the eight item is of, of this week or of this month. And we could bring it in. For for instance, now we have this um, this great denim anorak jacket. It's got an acid wash. It's really cool. And it's probably on the radar for the big competition for next season, for fall. But right now, we're blowing it out, and we're able to bring it back in.
3: Now, the number of SKUs, I mean, the, the, you mu- there must be a way to manage inventory. I mean, if you keep bringing in stuff, now hopefully stuff flies off the shelf. But managing the number of SKUs, the number of units that you bring in, has got to
1: be a challenge. When we come back after the break, we'll see what your answer is to that. Robert Stroll of Line Boutiques joining us this evening on Today's Entrepreneur 724.
0: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants, and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com.
1: 7.27 on today's entrepreneur, Robert Stroll of the Lime Boutique in studio with us, and uh, Josh talking about, uh, about fashion, which is something that, uh, well, you're probably well-versed and in, in it better than I am, I think.
3: Fashion. Well, good thing it's radio, but uh, <laughs> hopefully I'm not too bad. You know, uh, the ladies in my life make sure uh, they're not embarrassed when I leave the house. Boys are
2: looking sharp tonight.
3: There you go. Thanks. He's looking... He's always more sharp. He's wearing a suit.
1: I'm wearing a hoodie here.
3: <laughs> all good. But when we left, we were talking about kind of managing inventory, and, and Rob, you were kind of talking about bringing in new styles all the time, but there's there's got to be either a limit or a certain way where you manage it, because in as much as you want goods to fly off the shelf and go out the door... And you want new goods in the store all the time. You gotta manage what's there, and you can't, you know. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Uh, and having a, a good POS system, a point of sale system, uh, is essential. So we have uh, each of the stores tracks their own their own inventory, and then feeds it back to my my headquarters computer. And and we separate everything into into departments and, and sub departments, a lot like uh, most retail chains would. Bigger bigger chains that and uh, it, it keeps track uh, by style and by class, uh, the sell-throughs, how much markdowns we, we need to be taking or or, or we are taking, uh, the margins by class, and we manage everything both at the class level and at the item level.
3: Now, when you first got into this, did you have a knowledge of how to keep the right amount of merchandise in the store?
2: Uh, at first, it was one of our mistakes at, at the beginning, it was not having enough inventory. As you can imagine, having too much inventory or not enough inventory is, They're both is bad. big, big no-nos. Um, and now we work with a with a company that helps us plan uh, an open to buy, uh, which is managed every day uh, at the class level. So not only do we have for the whole store enough inventory, we do it by by class to make sure we have enough, not too much and not too little inventory for each class. And that also helps with the cash flow because if we're building up too much inventory or it's not selling fast enough, we can go and hit that, that class with markdowns and keep keep the, the new, the, keep the room for the new goods to come in.
3: So software is important for you.
2: Software is important. And we took a, a lot of time picking our, our, our point of sale system and, and we picked one that, that can grow with us.
3: Now, when you're thinking downtown, Place Versailles, Trois-Rivières, um, where, you know, I, I know that there's got to be buying trends in different places. So quickly, just before we head to the break, can you just say, are there major differences between locations? The bulk of the
2: goods are the same for all the locations, but we are able to put sp- special special orders in for each of the locations. The Three Rivers Grill uh, is trendy in a more uh, basic way. They like, they like some basic tops with little details, little pockets with little buttons. Uh, downtown, we sell a lot of jeans, a lot of wear-to-work stuff for for the business girl. And, uh, yeah, we, we, we definitely took some time, but I think now we have a handle on it.
1: Robert Stroll joins us of Lime Boutiques. More with Robert in a moment. We'll also talk uh, taxes later on with Nick Maradis, uh tax partner at Fuller Landau.
0: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered accountants, and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com.
1: Welcome back to today's Entrepreneur, presented by Fuller Landau, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller, and this evening our guest is Robert Stroll of the Lime Boutiques. Three locations in Quebec, including at the uh, Ecole Montreal, and uh, started in 2008. Right, Robert. So uh, a bit of a difficult time to start. Nonetheless, uh, you've succeeded. Um, let's uh, shift uh, the gears a bit to to marketing. It's particularly marketing, sort of in that in that recession context, must be you know particularly challenging.
3: And you know we we know. I sense Robert embodies that word of mouth. That you know, come see my store and buy. But but when you first started, when you first opened that store at the best of times in 2008 what what went through your head as far as how do I get people to come through my to to my store?
2: Well really our our mantra has been like believe in the product and let the merchandise speak for itself you put you put the right product there at the right price and people people find you people will talk about you and and the word will, will spread and we put really all our effort into finding the right product and bringing in new product every week really amazing fresh differentiated affordable product and that's, that's really been our goal. I think that we haven't really tapped into, uh, marketing, especially social media. Uh, we don't have a big marketing budget. And I think that there's a lot that could be done in social media and it's just one, one of the, the ways we can leave Well, we have room for improvement.
3: So really looking ahead, you say, you know what, we, we've kind of have our footprint, people are getting to know us sometime in the near future maybe we gotta put a little bit more effort
2: absolutely I think it's a necessity
3: and certainly where you are you concentrate on location with foot traffic that in and of itself I guess is a bit of a marketing play
2: definitely the the locations we chose were, were for partially for the foot traffic and uh, I think at the end of the day if you put the right merchandise uh, the, the, the fashion fashionista girl is gonna find you
3: now you gotta have the right merchandise but you also have to have the right people on the floor selling that merchandise you know the 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 people, the the employees that you have, the staff that you have, have got to know their product, have got to know what they're selling, they got to have a good technique. They probably have, a, have to have them nice smile. They probably you know they're selling fashion. They gotta they gotta embody the fashion. Absolutely. So, so tell us a little bit about you know how how you find these people, and what your criteria were.
2: Absolutely, finding finding a great staff is critical to to small independent retailers. It's actually one of the ways that we can differentiate ourselves from the big box stores and the big U.S. guys because you go in there and you're just a number and you're shopping for yourselves. And good customer service is something that boutiques like ourselves uh, and other independent retailers can differentiate themselves on. And, and we're lucky to have a really great staff. Uh, we train them on selling. Uh, we do put pressure on them to keep up uh, certain metrics. We measure them every week in, in a number of things. Uh, anywhere where they're they're falling behind in items per transaction. For example, we give them more coaching so that they can improve their, their, their selling ability. We teach them how to handle customer service issues. And also staff's important to, to help um, curb uh, things like uh, theft. Uh, we t- teach them what to look out for, greeting people, uh, that sort of thing.
3: Hopefully they also look good in your product.
2: The the girls that we have look great. They wear our product. They sell, they're like walking
3: mannequins. (laughs) That's good. With a little more life.
2: With a little more life. But uh, when when the girls look great in your product, you have customers come in every day and ask, uh, where is that from? Can I buy this? And then sometimes they buy the whole kit.
3: Now, do you have, do you have to deal with a lot of turnover or have you really been able to kind of keep your staff?
2: Uh, We've had staff that have been with us for uh, about five years, some four years. Um, and around that base staff we have had some turnover a lot of the girls that work for us are our students Uh, some of them graduate school and leave to their fields and um, that's sort of the nature of of the game of of the temporary staff or the part-time staff is
3: it tough to keep morale in the store do you do you have like an effort to try and keep them happy and 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 pumped up if you will
2: Uh, I try I try and keep morale high Uh, the girls come in, they love fashion, they're working in a fashion boutique, Uh, we have a lot of traffic, the stores aren't quiet too much, so I think that uh, it's not not too hard to get excited when, when you're getting new exciting merchandise in every week, something new to show off, it's always something new to show the customer, some new fashion, some new
1: trend, some new product. In terms of I mean fashion obviously you know tra- it changes you know at least what a couple times a year I mean there's new trends coming how do you sort of keep up uh with the trends and 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 how do you sort of sort of prevent yourself from falling back because it seems like a, an exhausting exercise just keeping up with everything
2: that's that's exactly it. It, it, for some people it would be an exhausting exercise but if if you love it then it's a, an exciting exercise and and as we mentioned before uh we get a lot of information we talk to other retailers. We talk to other wholesalers. We, we're getting information from, from all parts of of the country and, and the U.S. And, and from both sides of the industry. So it, uh, it's an exciting it's an exciting challenge. And, and for me, when we find out a new trend or, or a new item that's selling or a new vendor that that's happening, it's it's exciting for me to go chase down that that merchandise and bring it to our stores.
3: Excellent, Dan. Let's go back to our Facebook page. Maybe you can. Mention one or two more comments that uh, that came in for the shopping online versus in-store.
1: Sure. Facebook.com slash Uh James says, online all the way. It's easier and quicker for me to find the item uh, that I want from the comfort of my own home. Uh, Jamie says, I shop in-store for almost everything despite not loving shopping. I still prefer seeing the items uh, and dealing in person. And Euros says, for me, it depends on the item. Uh, I'm more inclined to buy in-store and purchasing clothing or big t- t- ticket items. Um. Uh. And he says he will shop online for electronics, for example, which which does make a lot of sense, really, because you know, if if it, if the product varies, like clothing, I mean, it's great to try on clothes, but if it's just a TV, then you know.
3: Yeah, but then there's also, you know, if something goes wrong with the product. I guess you want to go back to a person, and I mean, you know, not chew them out, but some people do, <laughs> and, and you know, you want you want that service, you want that break, you want to say, hey, you know what it was the wrong product, I want service coming back. And while you can, might be able to do that online with their policies, certainly in-store and dealing with a person is uh, is really much more important. Robert, as, as you look back in the six years that, that you've been in business, um, is there anything you would have done differently? Definitely,
2: there's some lessons, some hard lessons we've learned along the way. Um, our store layout, uh, store design, uh while really cool we spent a, a lot of money on maybe some unnecessary features. We've put in really cool lighting, but we used eight different types of light bulbs. And so now managing burnt out light bulbs is a little a little time consuming for, for for me. Um we started with uh the companies with SBL owns. Uh and uh we took a the government was willing to give us a, a chunk of money and and we took it and maybe we didn't need that full amount. So once we took maybe more than we should have, um, it put a little bit extra pressure on us to pay back those loans while starting a company.
1: Coming up to 7.45 before traffic, we do have an update on the game, ladies and gentlemen. Lars Eller scoring for the Canadians, one nothing Habs uh, early on in the first period.
0: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com.
1: 7:49 on today's Entrepreneur program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. Dan Delmar, along with Frule Landau's Josh Miller, along with the hockey game, which we'll be tracking all night long. One nothing Habs, uh, early in the first period. Our guest this evening, Robert Stroll of Lime Boutiques, and uh, we bring in Nick Bright as tax partner at Frule Landau, to no doubt no doubt discuss uh, something tax related or at least uh, in terms of structure. And as just as the Habs plan for their win tonight, so do entrepreneurs have to
3: plan for their structure. And uh, and I know that Nick has come up with a a little uh, table that he's going to share. Of course, we're on radio, and gonna, he's going to verbally share it with us. But, Nick, tell us about your uh, your trio structure.
4: I guess I can't watch the game until you later, so I'll continue. Uh, it's a trio. It's what most entrepreneurs should be looking at in the structures. It's probably a little too soon when you're just starting up, because um, unlike a trio, it costs a little bit more. Uh, but it's something that you should be looking to strive for, and then the three elements of that is your operating company that's doing your business, your holding company that is accumulating uh, the wealth of that business, and the trust that would be owning these two structures to allow you to accomplish certain objectives. And then we're going to look at five um, items that you got to be in the back of your head. Uh, one is the accumulation of wealth, and where is that going to be? It's not going to be in the operating business, because unfortunately operating businesses can fail. Operating businesses can have face creditors, uh, and, and you don't want your cash that you're accumulating uh, over the years sitting in there. So where do you want it? You want it in a holding company. Um, you're looking for tax deferral, uh, and that's what that tax that, that allows you. Um, if you own the business yourself and you're pulling out the profits of that business, you're paying tax immediately on everything that uh, you're taking out, whether it's a salary or dividends, and there's no chance to um, accumulate that wealth without paying tax. Having a holding company accumula- receiving the dividends from your from your operating company allows you to defer that ultimate tax uh, that the government hasn't taken out against you till way down in in the future.
3: Because of course, distributions between two Canadian companies don't attract that does not attract any tax.
4: If structured properly, will not attract uh, tax exactly. Um, the other element that you got uh, at the at the back of your head is exit strategies. Exit strategies is hopefully that you sell the business one day and if you if you're if you're uh, structured properly you're looking at getting access to the capital gains exemption which in Canada today for 2014 uh, provides zero tax for the first $800,000 of capital gain on selling the shares of your business if it's just you yourself and i who own the shares well that's one $800,000 uh, exemption if your family happens to own the shares through a trust you can multiply that by the, mem- the number of members of your family
3: but you do have to plan ahead for that you can't just kind of Throw in that structure and hope you multiply you, that. You're not 000. calling
4: me up the the, the month before you're closing to to do something like that. This is this is, I call it strategic planning. Just as you have a business and you're doing strategic strategic moves as to how you want to place your business model. This is where you spend some time as to well how am I structuring while the business is going, and that's where you have the the trust and the and the holding company. And at the end of the day, when I'm when I'm looking to exit. How do I how do I accomplish the best in terms of tax minimization? And that's where, where we're looking at a uh, trust. The other thing with exiting is, unfortunately, as they say, there's two truths in, in life: one's taxes and one's death, uh, is estate planning. And and a trust provides you an excellent vehicle to actually in, in, encompass immediately a, a, a basic exit strategy. Should something, God forbid, happen to say you and your spouse. Well, if the trust is the owner of the of the shares of the company, it doesn't pass away when you pass away. So you basically manage to uh, allow a transfer of wealth to the next generation while you're alive and you control it. And that's an advantage that you could not get if you you just owned it yourself.
3: Now you forgot the third truth about the Habs winning the
1: Cup this year, but I, I'm sure that entered your mind. You just didn't want to. I'm say not
4: it. looking at the big screens here, so. <laughs>
1: Today's entrepreneur on CJAD, our guest Robert Stroll of Lime Boutiques, and Nick Maredes is here uh, talking structure. He's a tax partner at Fuller Landau, and uh, still one nothing Canadians. It is 7.53 on CJD.
0: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau Chartered Accountants, and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com.
1: Robert Stroll from Lime Boutiques is our guest uh, tonight on Today's Entrepreneur. We'll have his one piece of advice for the entrepreneurs in a moment. uh, But first, uh, some more uh, advice on structure with Nick Moraitis from Full
4: So one of the last uh, elements with this trio uh, structure is creditor proofing. Uh, um, Obviously, if you are the only owner of your business... Um, as a businessman, there are liabilities out there, and and if anybody goes after you, he goes after the shares of the business. Whereas with a trust that owning the shares of the business, that doesn't really do anything. It it affords you a certain degree of protection for the value of those shares. Uh, This structure is not something that you you can start up. I mean, if you could and have the means to start off from day one going into business, you can. But this is something that tends to grow, and it has evolved over time. So usually you probably start your business when you first start. You're the only shareholder. You've you got to see if it's going to be successful or not. As you start becoming uh, more successful and you start generating cash over the, over the years and you don't want to leave the cash in the company, well, then someone will say, well, let's get a, a holding company going. Um, so you get the holding company going, and then the holding company is going to be the depository of this extra cash that you can invest, and it becomes like a, a an additional p- a retirement pot for you as you go down. Uh, as you get uh, as you age and then finally uh, you you start developing the 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 trust because the trust also affords which i don't we call if I would mention income splitting because if especially if you're married with children, it is a means to divert funds uh, between the spouse and the kids all this so that's the strategic plan. it is not something you do as I said thirty days before it takes usually several years before that exit and and this structure so is sanctioned by the government and could continue for many years. Decades as as a business uh, is operated and grows.
3: I guess I guess that the biggest challenge or one of the biggest challenges for entrepreneurs is to decide when, and if you know you mentioned okay may not do it at the very beginning, uh, as I'm sure Robert you know has his simple structure I believe because he's he's more focused on getting his business off the ground and more focused on you know the merchandise and the profits and customer service and everything that runs a business and at a later point. You know, at what point does the entrepreneur wrap his head around the fact that, hey, now I got to maybe create something that's going to save me and my family and my future generations a whole bunch of tax?
4: Well, that and that's part of the discussion with the advisors as part of the discussion as to how the business is going and and et cetera, Uh, because the trio, as I said, can evolve. Uh, You can grow into it. You can undo it as well. If you if you get into it and it's, it's not working, you can undo it. Um, and and but that is something that a businessman has to when he's going into business. And I think at the beginning, if you can't focus, your, you need to focus your energy on your business to get it successful. Otherwise, this trio or, or the duo or the single operation it, it is is of of no no relevance to the owner of an unsuccessful business.
3: Lots to think about, lots to plan. Uh, just as the Habs are planning their win, as they're winning one nothing halfway through the first period, uh, we'll turn to uh, to our guest Robert Stroll of Lime Fashions and ask you. Robert, what would be your one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur?
2: A piece of advice is to really make sure that you love what you do to be, to go, to open your own business because you're competing as a small business owner against much bigger players with much deeper pockets, much more resources. And if you want to compete against that, you got to be ready to outwork them and you got to work seven days a week. You got to love what you do so much that in your free time, you're bettering yourself and your business you're reading books you're reading blogs you're 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 spending all your your extra time your time at home talking to people talking to your wife bettering your business it's every day the stores are open every day so you better love what you do
3: and certainly Dan we hear that often the passion the little takeaway that I'll get was from earlier in the show when robert you know came out and said you know what you can't know everything and the parts that you don't know don't be afraid to ask the questions. Don't be afraid to go out, whomever it might be, family, professionals, friends, colleagues, associations. Go out and find out what you don't know because that's what's going to also help make you a success.
1: Robert Stroll of Lime Boutiques, uh, founded in 2008 in the middle of a recession, now doing uh, rather well. Three locations, very impressive. Robert, thanks for coming in tonight on today's Entrepreneur. Thanks, guys. And thanks, Nick Moraitis, as well. Uh, Josh, you. we're back uh, next, two weeks from now? Next week. Two weeks from now. Next week, Victoria Day, two weeks from now. Right, so we'll see you then. Mondays at seven here on Today's Entrepreneur. It's eight o'clock.